0: How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads here joining you as always. This is episode 32. We have a fantastic guest for you today. Uh, We have the great educator Grant Menifee from up in the uh, Baltimore, Maryland area. Grant, of course, uh, I call him the drum teacher to the stars. He has just a ton of great knowledge to share with us here in just a moment, so please stay tuned. Lost Cabos Drumsticks may be the best kept secret from drummers today. Lost Cabos Drumsticks makes the finest tools to touch a drummer's hands in the business. The best news, almost every popular stick size is available in both White Hickory and Red Hickory. If you don't know what red hickory is, it's made from the heartwood of the hickory tree, unlike regular white hickory, which is made from sapwood. Red hickory drumsticks will hold up to even the hardest-hitting drummers. Their durability comes from the density of the wood, but they do not sacrifice the feel. Please visit LosCabosDrumsticks.com to learn more about their products. And don't forget to ask at your favorite retailer for Los Cabos Drumsticks. As I mentioned, we're going to be joined today by Grant Menifee, just one of the all-time great drum instructors from the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, Some of Grant's former students include Nate Morton uh, of The Voice fame. Uh, Matt Halpern, who is currently with Periphery, uh, John Theodore with Queens of the Stone Age. He's just really taught a who's who of popular drumming. And Grant, of course, is a very accomplished uh, drummer himself, a graduate of Berklee College of Music up in Boston. Uh, He's written articles for all the major drum publications. So we were just pleased to have Grant join us. And what a super nice guy he is. I hope you'll enjoy this. And help me welcome to the drum shuffle grant Minfe Grant Good morning. how are you, man?
1: Good morning, Jamie. Great to talk to you thanks for uh thanks for having me on
0: oh absolutely uh thank you for taking time to come on the drum shuffle um you know we've We've had uh, one, at least one of your students on, the great Nate Morton from The Voice, right. was, was on here not too long ago. So it's been a, a long time coming for you and I to connect, but we certainly mm-hmm. appreciate your time to come on this morning.
1: Not no problem.
0: Well, so Grant, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably uh, telegraphed by now. You know, we like to start at the beginning. Tell everybody how you got behind the drum set originally.
1: Um, I would say, you know, you're looking at the like the late sixties and being a kid and you know, of course at that time it was that was the big Beatles thing, you know, it was a few years after that and you know, everybody, I mean all the guys growing up in the neighborhood, we were all interested in music and you know, just everywhere you look, everybody was trying to play something. So, um, you know, at about eight or nine I just thought, man, I like I like these drums. I like drums and so I got a pair of sticks somehow and just started playing on everything and a very you know, just a similar way a lot of people get into um playing an instrument or drumming. And then my parents got me a you know, one of those cheap Sears sets or whatever and of course then I, I played on that for six months broke that up and then went from there and and started taking lessons in school I actually started taking private lessons at about nine with a band director at my elementary school and uh that was good it, it got me started i started to learn how to read music and um you know and then i had like a cheap one of those cheap at that time uh, everybody had these Japanese drum sets they were probably all made by Pearl but they had you know different names on them but yeah they were real drums and and I just played those and just like a lot of other guys you get you get started and you it's addicting and before you know it you're playing a couple hours a day and you know and uh, luckily I had good parental support and uh, that's how I got started and by the time I was, you know, I stayed in the band program, played, you know, all my neighborhood guys, we played together, and, you know, my basement seemed to be a kind of a spot where we all played a lot. And, you know, my mom was always supportive and, you know, made sure we had sweet tea and cake and, you know, said, go ahead, guys, make your, make your noise, you know? <laughs> and, um, so we did all that, and, um, then, by the time I was 14, then I started to say, hey, I like this, you know, I want to study this more. So my uh, junior high band director, he, uh, he said, yeah, you got to get some private lessons. So I started taking private lessons with a guy named Charles Memphis. We just called him Chuck, but he was the band of uh, the percussion department chairman at the Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore, which I lived south of at that time. And so I would take the bus in and take lessons from him and you know, that led me up to all through high school. So that's how I got started. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and and I am a huge fan of the television show The Wire and, and you mentioned oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned Baltimore and, and I yeah. gotta I, I you know I've gotta say your your voice is central casting out of the wire. I mean, we if for, oh, yeah, <laughs> for anybody that's that's unfamiliar with the Baltimore accent, Grant, yep. our guest today, I, I mean, it is spot on, full on Baltimore, which is <laughs> wonderful. I love it.
1: It is like a hybrid little Southern accent mixed, you know, mixed it. It's it's just yeah.
0: Well, it's <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, grow, yeah. growing up in Baltimore, now you know, I know that. Um, You know, you said you stayed involved all through school. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know that there is a great tradition of, of you know, sports, high school sports in the Baltimore area. Right. Did you do marching band for like, you know, football no. games and all that stuff?
1: No, believe it or not, in the uh, in our, our area here, marching band was. It wasn't really a huge thing, you know, like like out in the Midwest or you know other other places. Um, it is now. It, it is now. Most most of the high school students that I teach, you know, but at that time, I mean, we're we're kind of like in a quirky area. We, um, I'll give you an example. Like my the local high school near where I live, Catonsville High School. They don't have a marching band, but what they do have is a steel drum band, <laughs> and it's just you know we we just have this weird musical mix around here, uh a lot of gospel guys um a lot of country music, um uh, a lot of jazz, so it's just re- and rock, of course, and it's so it's just really, really eclectic here, you know it's just like where the north meets the south and you know, it it it's just weird. But no, I didn't have that marching band background. But I did with, I did do a lot of rudimental studies, though. Okay. That, that I did a tremendous amount of with with uh, Chuck Memphis. and he made sure I had that background. So that that was there, but I didn't march.
0: No. I gotcha. Okay. Well, then then of course, you know, I mean it's. You know, you went to Berkeley, uh, you know, College mm-hmm. of Music up in Boston. So right. I mean, you you kind of have to have at least a little bit of of the rudimental chops when you walk through the door. I would assume.
1: I, I think so. I mean, it, it helps. I mean, it certainly helps with your your overall technique. Um, but you know, technique is only going to get you so far. In an environment like that, um, you know, I, in my case, I was, I was very well prepared as far as uh, technique, reading, um, even my even my theory studies, you know, way ahead of the game. But what I needed and and what what I got immediately as soon as I got there was real good. Uh, playing experience with real good players and really getting down to how do you play as a drummer? Because none of that, you leave that at the door. Technique, you know, if you're not musical and know how to play in each situation, none of that matters. So uh, that's what it boils down to. You know, when you walk in those doors at a place like Berkeley, you, you realize that that's not what Elvin Jones was all about. That's not what you know. Uh, Max Roach, Art Blakey, those guys. You know their their thing was all groove and musicality and playing the right thing. And then you get into the pop stuff, and you realize that okay, wh- why was Hal Blaine such a good drummer, and you know Steve Gadd, and and then you really get into you know splitting hairs on. How did they even play a groove and make it work within the song? And they were splitting hairs within each beat. So Berkeley kind of, um, you know, I, I put technique aside to a certain extent while I was there, and then just more explored musicality and how to become a, a really good drummer. And I boy, that was priceless, really priceless.
0: Well, so, I, mean, I mean,
1: and then we got heavily into things like polyrhythms. I took polyrhythms class and all that, but again, none of that matters if you can't use it in right. a proper way. And so I was able to take that with me from Berkeley, and and thank God because I, I was able to play that way, and then instill that in my students.
0: Yeah. Well, now, was it and I don't know the answer to this, you know, so I'm asking a question I don't already know the answer to, but uh, which, you know, they say that's the number one rule of journalism. Don't ever ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. But did you decide to be a teacher while you were at Berkeley, or, or were you going to Berkeley specifically to to be a better musician? I mean, w- was your path? I, I want to be a rock star or a jazz star, or did you decide right away that you wanted to be an instructor?
1: Yeah, you know, I always knew that. You know, and people always told me my my educators that you know when I was in high school, they kind of had a sense that that I had that natural ability to teach and help with others you know in, in the pro- band programs and so you know that was instilled in my head I didn't know so what I did was it, it you know I was walking walking the fence on that while I was at Berkeley. so so I thought well, I better be prepared either way you know if I decide <clears throat> when I walk out these doors that you know, I'm heading out to Nashville or I'm heading out to LA and, you know, then I better be prepared for that. If I, if I decide that I'm going to be an educator, I better be prepared for that. So I took a program at, at Berkeley that I felt it was the most difficult, um, program to get into at that time. And I'm not even sure if they still have it, but they, um, it was called, um, oh gosh, it was a uh, performance degree, but it was in traditional percussion. But you got to realize at Berkeley that even though they say traditional percussion, and you're you're playing drum set mostly, and then on top of that, then I was studying timpani, marimba, vibraphone. Um, all of that, you know. Uh, so they were. It was a difficult program. It was difficult to get into, also, because I had to audition. After at, at Berkeley, you everybody pretty much takes the same freshman um, program, and then in the middle of your your year, your freshman year, then you decide, okay, what path you're going to go. What what are you going to focus on? and so I wanted to take this traditional um, performance and percussion so I thought oh man I'm ready you know I prepared this audition I walk in there's Gary Chafee okay let me hear you play <laughs> man he failed me right away yeah. <laughs> but, but what he did though and here's what here's what he did he he didn't just throw me out and say you know go pick something else he goes he gave me a lesson. He actually sat down and spent you know some time with me and talked with me, gave me some suggestions and uh, Gary Chafe was amazing. He was right to the point uh, advice that 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 he would give you would be advice that you could take with you for a lifetime. So I was disappointed. I walked out I started practicing. And I came back about a month later and passed the audition and did what he said. And yeah. the rest is history. But yeah, it was, that was, that was a great experience really good
0: well i mean you know we're still studying all of his stuff i mean all of us i think you know we we may not know that it's gary Chaffee stuff but we're all oh, man. oh yeah you know i mean it's just ubiquitous in the world of drumming we're all learning of course his stuff all the time um you know and and I think what's cool about Berkeley is, you know, and I don't even know what years you were there, but I'm sure you can say, well, I went to school with X, Y, Z, who, oh, are, yeah. who are all all over these <laughs> records, you know, so you're always yeah. there with the greatest players and it, it, you just can't help but lift your own playing when you see what everybody else around you is right. doing.
1: And while you're there, a lot of it, a lot of guys, you don't even know that right? they're going to be the future big big guys you know you're rubbing elbows with you know people that that really in a sense sometimes they don't even make a lot of noise while they're there but a few years out man they're like the top drummer in certain areas or you know the top educator or whatever you know so it's really cool to see all that pan out after after years.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, when you got done at Berkeley, you know, I I know that you spent time playing in a lot of different bands and, and mm-hmm. things like that. But did you immediately oh, yeah. did you immediately go back to Baltimore and start teaching right away?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, I uh yeah, I um I came back to the area and it, you know, as soon as I came into town, the phone started to ring and a couple of the calls were um like my my former teacher who at that point Chuck Memphis was pretty much retired he was semi retired but he was teaching here and there and and uh he said you know I got this one this one studio here where why don't you take the students you know I'm just going to give it to you And so I can't remember how many students it was, but um, I said, okay. So I did that, and immediately that started to grow. And at the same time, I was playing, you know, five, six nights a week. And, yeah, and that's how it got started. And I realized that, hey, I'm pretty good at this teaching. I like it. Um, I always had a lot of students. So it just kind of went that way. You know, yeah, I was very lucky. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think the cool thing about teaching is is when you have a studio and, and you know, I've seen, you know, at least photos of your studio that you have set up, it's, you know, it's very well equipped, um, you know, it, it's right there, you know, where you live and you can make a good living at it. So, I mean, yeah, a, a lot of us, you know, I, I don't live in a musical hotbed. I'm in central Kentucky. You know, it's hard uh-huh. to get enough gigs to make a living. So, you know, I, I would assume for someone who is a gifted teacher it allows you to make a living in the music industry without spending two hundred nights away from your family
1: right which is which is really nice, really nice um, we're not i wouldn't say it's very musical around here, but we're certainly not in a hotbed of uh, music here we're we're really not, but there is um there is a lot of music, there's a lot of local music. A lot of it's good. Some of it's not that good. But the, <laughs> the point is, people are playing. I mean, right. there. Uh, I live in a community. They. I mean, it's funny. They they even call it Music City, Maryland. You know, but but it. Um, but there really, really are a lot of people here playing. It's just part of our culture, and you know, extends everything from bluegrass, country, jazz, R and B, a lot of gospel. Um, you know, but everybody plays, <laughs> and there's a lot of money here the the money the the economic situation here between Baltimore and d c is very good because a lot of people work for the government, so nope. there's tons of money flying around, and people have a little extra money to to spend so and that that environment you know, yeah. Uh, it just sets it up for for ripe to be able to teach that people have the the money and and they want to do it. Well, and so, but but if you're going to make a living at it, you still got to be really good. Oh yeah. Because even though I would say well, everything I said about the environment and everything, there's very few people in this area doing what I'm doing and making a good living um you know where you could raise 2 3 kids in a middle upper middle class environment
0: yeah you've
1: got to be good and you got to be on your game
0: well, and, and you certainly are. I mean, no, no well, doubt I about tried.
1: it. <laughs> and I still
0: try. Well, you know, I'm curious, do you, are most of your students, um, you, you know, I, I'm going to say junior students, meaning are they high school aged and younger? I mean, I know you teach adults as well, but is the mm-hmm. the majority of your practice the younger guys and girls?
1: I would say if you had to do a median age um it's it's always been middle to high school as far as the average age or median age uh, a lot of high, a lot of college age guys uh a lot of guys that are out there playing um semi pro here in the areas and um I got a ton of them they're usually those guys are in their twenties and thirties who they might have a day job but they also play 2 to 3 nights a week and you know so they're they're kind of like semi pros but yeah I, if i had to say the median age would be high school okay yeah okay maybe early college
0: well now of course you know anybody that does any research on on you they're going to know that you've had some some really great students over the years. Now, of course, we had the great Nate Morton on our show um, mm-hmm. back a few months ago, and, and Nate was one of your students. I know you oh, also yeah. taught um, John Theodore from Queens right. of the Stone Age, uh, Matt Halpern, uh, mm-hmm. who's now in Periphery, who is just yeah, a magic. God, yeah. what a drummer that yeah. guy! What is. What a good drummer! Yeah. yeah, he was
1: just over the house a couple of weeks ago. He just, yeah, what a great guy! The hardest working student I've ever taught. Really? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so
1: I- and, and his family is super too. You know, I'm still in contact with his family, and uh, he um, he came over to the studio a couple of weeks ago and and gave my son a lesson. Oh, wow. He was also a drummer. And, and John, my son John had set that up. But, but yeah, we, we love Matt. (laughs) But, uh, all those guys, as you mentioned, I mean, they're really good guys aside from, uh, good drummers.
0: Well, you know, we, we asked Nate, you know, how did you get your start? And, you know, he kind of went through the whole story about how, mm-hmm. you know, Animal from the Muppets. And and if I'm, yeah. if you know, if I'm recalling everything correct, but he said the guy that really changed my life was Grant Menifee because I started taking lessons from Grant. And, and you know, you had told Nate, look, if this is something you really want to do, there's this college up in Boston that you can go to. And you can probably learn enough to make a living doing this. And and Nate said, you know, I, I think he was in an engineering program at the University of Maryland yep. at the time and he and he was like, Well, yeah, I'm not so good at engineering math and calculus and you know, yeah, drumming sounds a lot better right now. So yeah.
1: He may not have told you, but what he was at—he—he he was, you know, he was doing that engineering program for about—I think he—he he may have done two semesters there. But he—he—he he, he would always wind up going down to the music department and sitting in with the jazz band. And then, you know, here here's these music majors, and he's—he's he's like making everybody else think, "Whoa, here's this engineering major—he's coming in and kicking our butts." but yeah, he, yeah, he didn't last too long there.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's cool that you, that you're able to see in your students, Hey, you've got something here. You've got a gift. You should chase it. You know, is that something that you see immediately or is it something that you develop over time with your students?
1: Well, it, it, it can be both Jamie. I mean, it really can be, it can be both. I think, I think one of the things about being a really good educator that I've found over the years is that you can't really, sometimes you can't tell. And that's why I never give up on a student. Um, I've had some of these guys that we're talking about, I mean, they never said to me, hey, I want to be a drummer, or, you know, hey, uh," you know, or were they practicing four hours a day in high school or whatever. But all of a sudden, man, just things kicked in and, you know, and, and they did it. So you never, I would never, I never give up on anybody because I don't want anybody ever coming back here saying you wrote me off (laughs) and look at, look at what I did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I never wanted that to happen. So I don't, and the only time I give up on somebody is if they absolutely just totally don't want to do it anymore.
0: Yeah. Know? Well, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot, you know, I'll go out and play a gig and and one mm-hmm. of the the greatest things that that I ever get told is somebody, you know, that that watches me play, they will come up afterwards and say, "Wow, what a great drummer you are." And mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't happen very often, trust me, but <laughs> with that Well, it
1: should. The, you when, know, we should support
0: each other. Right. You know? But when it does, almost invariably, if it's somebody that comes from a non- musical background. They say I always wanted to learn to play drums, but mm-hmm. I'm just I just don't have enough coordination and invariably my answer to them is always when you were born, you were not coordinated enough to walk. When you learned right. to walk, you were not coordinated enough to to run. You know, anybody that can swing a golf club and count to 4, you know, can learn to play drums, right?
1: Yeah. I, that's that's true to a certain extent, but you know what? What they're they're from their point of view, they're watching you up there play, and you're doing all this stuff and playing, and <clears throat> they they've always thought, hey, I'd like to do that. But to them, they are so amazed at what you're doing. That's like you're up there performing magic to them. To to them, they're like, how in the world would I ever do this? You know. So that's that's. Probably what that's coming from, Jamie. They 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 look at you and they're thinking, man, this guy is doing magic.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see that too. But you know, yeah. I, I always say to everybody, you know, if, if you can, you know, dribble a basketball, and, right. and 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 count, you can sit down and if you put in enough time, I think you always get out of you know, drumming what you put into it. And, you know, as we get older, you know, uh, at least in my situation, you know, as I get older, I keep my drums in cases, you know, and and I just kind of go from gig to gig and session to session. I don't, you know, I don't force myself to practice the way I should, you know, but mm-hmm. I could continue growing if I just put in the time, you know, and That's it, uh, yeah. you know, and, and when we get old and lazy, <laughs> you know, we, we yeah. don't practice the way we should. But tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously you're teaching for hours upon hours every day. But do you, Grant Menifee, get time in your studio to just sit down and work on things yourself?
1: Yes. Um, what I do is I keep a, I keep a a few books, maybe if I'm working on some books or transcriptions or something new or something that I've heard and I'll put it aside and I'll put maybe under like one of my floor toms, Somebody's five minutes late, I pull it out and then I'll work on it for five minutes and then... Then put it back down as soon as the guy comes in, and then just continue to do that until okay, I got that. Now let me try something else. So I'm constantly, I constantly have my little stack, and you know, of course, there's YouTube that I can access with that, with those transcriptions or new book or whatever I'm working on. Um, You know, so I'm constantly wanting to learn. Still, every day I go into that studio, I'm going to learn something. Plus, I have my sticks in my hands seven seven to nine hours a day. So, um, I play most of the time with the students. Um, I didn't get into teaching not to play. Right. (laughs) Believe me. Right. um, My sticks are in my hands, so as they're working on fundamentals, I'm doing it too. And... You know, it, that's, that's great because that, that, you know, I'm always warmed up always.
0: Well, I mean, and that's a great testament to, to your teaching style is that you're still pushing the envelope for yourself. Um
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm going to continue to do that until, you know, forever. And, and you know what, when I've met, met some of the really good drummers out there, um, they're all doing that too. And we get together. We start talking. What are you working on? What are you doing? You know, they're all they're all working on something.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, and even and though
1: they're they're like you know we, well we were uh, my son John and I we were in Nashville a couple weeks ago and we met with John John Riley no Jim Riley from yeah, Rascal Flatts yeah, Flag. yeah
0: well, great great clinician. guy yes and, yes just and we
1: spent a little bit of time with him and, and you know he's the same way he's, you know, even though he's, he's, he's got that responsibility as a band leader performing with that band and he's got a family, man, you can tell he, he you know, we started talking about what, let's, what are you working on? What are you doing? You know, And, uh, so he's doing it too.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the hallmark of, of a, of a great student, you know, even though you're the teacher, you're the sensei, you know, you're still a student at the same time. You're always learning so you can pass that knowledge down through the generations, right?
1: Yep. And that's, that's all we're doing. We're just, I'm just passing through here and trying to, to pass it along also.
0: Uh, the best
1: I can, with as much respect to the art as I can.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, are you still actively playing? Do you still go out and do yeah. gigs and yeah, stuff like I, that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just did a a, a gig Saturday with uh, some guys, and you know, it, I I sub, so people call me up. Hey, we need a, you know, because I I can't. Well, I'm so busy teaching. I cannot, you know, and I have a family too. So it's very tough for me to say, okay, I'm in a band and got to commit to certain amount of dates. But but yeah, I, I played with this group Saturday and you know, I had no idea if they were going to be any good or not. But they were fabulous and just had a ball playing with these guys. So yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. Now over the years, you know, I, I know a lot of guys um, have gone to kind of the the internet delivery method, you know, Skype lessons and mm-hmm. and things like that. and and heck, you know, I mean, you can for, you know, two or three hundred dollars, you can get Matt Chamberlain to put drum tracks on your song, you know, or, or mm-hmm. Ash sure. Zone or some of these great, great players, you know, that, that have that, you know, home studio. They can just send you tracks, you know, via email or Dropbox or whatever. Now, have you gone to some of that stuff as well? So if if somebody in, I don't know, Omaha, Nebraska says, I really want to take a lesson with Grant. Can they do that now? nowadays
1: you know i uh i haven't done that and i think one of the reasons i haven't done that um is because well there's a couple reasons first of all i don't have to right thank god i don't have to i mean (laughs) you're busy enough enough, (laughs) yeah i mean i have enough guys walking through this door that I I don't need to do that. So, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood, but, but, you know, I I, yeah, I've never had to do that. And I like that face-to-face where, you know, I'm 12 inches from another guy, and we're looking at each other, and we're discussing what we're doing. And, you know, that's kind of tough when you're doing Skype, and it's, you know, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just I haven't gone that route. I have some friends that do it, and uh, and maybe I'll try it. But but I don't know. I like the face to face. I like the person being in the room. I want to hear their tone better. You know, I want to see their bass drum, hear that, hear what they're getting out of that bass drum. What kind of sound are they getting out of that snare? And you kind of lose that. With Skype,
0: yeah, I, I, well, to a certain extent, I, I agree, and and fair enough. Now, so that kind of leads me to the next question. You know, the next time I'm passing through the Baltimore area, do you allow just kind of drop-in guys to come in yeah. and, and get a technique brush-up kind of yeah. thing?
1: Yeah, call my out-of-town guys. You know, they'll they'll give me a call or set it up, and and uh, they'll come through, and and yeah, I really enjoy that because. What I'll do is, is ask them what do they want to work on, um, you know, what, what's your goal here, and their background, and then I'll put together a, a good amount of material, and then once they're in here, we see how it goes, and then I have more than enough material to 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 fill up their time here so they can walk out and continue to work on it for a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, so now this is a question that I've asked all of my other, you know, great educators that I've had on the show. When you have, you know, kind of the I call it the wet clay student, right? Mm-hmm. The the brand new student that's coming in, right. you know, young guy or girl, what are they all wanting to learn now? You know, do do they come in and say I really want to learn a Beatles song, probably not. I mean, in mm-hmm. the you know, with hip hop being you know kind of the, the the driving force in popular music today, are you getting a lot of that? You know, I want to learn how to play this particular style of music, or or what do you see coming through the door? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: They they might have that idea in their head, but I think once they once they get in here, you know, uh, they they start to see all this other this whole world of drumming and you know we'll hit we'll hit those styles that they want to hit you know but i'm i'm going to tell them look we got to get you going you know being able to you know get some vocabulary here with some grooves some beats and you know and then but I'll, i'll also pull up some some music that they're interested in and we'll talk about it and maybe even try it um but once they get going and they see the the vast possibilities of what what drumming is out there they're like they forget about all that uh they still love that kind of music and want to play it initially but they're like oh my gosh this is a whole world that I didn't even know about and cuz they'll see the they'll see some of the other students playing it or working on it and they're like just Oh, they're amazed. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we'll do everything they want to do, but it's going to be a lot more than that, too. Um, As far as, like, somebody new that comes in here, let's say I had a kid yesterday, uh, studied piano, trumpet, and he's only about 12 years old now. But he walked in the door, very little drumming. He's had a drum set for a while. So I already knew he could read basics. I had to teach him a little bit of notation. Um but you know, I could I could hit get this kid going. I mean, he you know, cuz he can read, he understood the basics of music and uh you should have seen his face you know, when he he was playing playing certain grooves, simple grooves, but he was playing yeah and he was just walk- he walked out of here on the air, you know, and that's you know that's great
0: it is and and I'm assuming that's the best payment you can ever receive is is when the dots connect in the brain of your students yeah. and they go, Oh my god, you know yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you met- you had mentioned um you you had mentioned about some people they have that doubt whether they could even play anything and Um, I might get a beginner that that comes in with that attitude or thought that you had mentioned. And what my goal is on that, if they can walk out of here playing even just that basic rock beat that we all know, you know, two and four and one and three on the bass, and if they can walk out of here playing that, even for like eight measures without stopping. Oh man, that's it. They're, they're hooked.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it, that's what happened to me as, you know, a yeah. tw- 12 year old kid, I begged my mom, begged my mom. And, you know, she finally bought me, like you said, the, the Japanese stencil drum set, right. you know, and, yep. I set it up and I got out my KISS records. You know, I mean I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where else to start. There weren't many drum instructors here. And, you know, I well, that's I c- a
1: good good place to start, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean it's I just, <laughs> it's just like if you can play along with, with a record, you know, it, it's I guess it's setting you up to start forming your first garage bands. And that's exactly the path that that I took. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't come from that, you know, learned path that you do. Um, but that's, what's cool about drumming and, and I guess, you know, to a certain extent, you know, rock music is that we all come from all these different, um, backgrounds, but if you throw enough guys in the room, magic starts happening. You know, yep. it's, it's just a, a amazing to me yep. that, you know, if you tackle your instrument, whether it be drums, guitar, trumpet, piano, however you attack it, if you just continually have that thirst for knowledge, it's such a magical place you go to.
1: And in the end, the goal is no matter how you start, whether it's like you said, just uh, listening to music and teaching yourself or, um, you know, having lessons and understanding theory. uh, In the end, it all, the goal is just to make, good music.
0: Yeah. Know? Well, yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> that's that's the end. So like, yeah, you're throwing all these different people together, like you said, from different backgrounds, but in the end, it's, it's gotta be just good music.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and, and you know, I think the other thing too, you know, and I can only remember how it was for me. I used to buy, you know, every modern drummer magazine that came out. And I would immediately go back to to all the notation stuff, you know, where somebody was right. teaching a groove and I would just try to figure out what does all this mean? You know, and uh-huh. and I didn't have a grant menifee in my life, you know, right down the road that I could go to. So I, you know, I just tried to start figuring those things out. And, you know, I think Nowadays with with the internet being what it is, YouTube, you know, I, I giggle because you know, you'll come across a video and it'll say how to play a groove in 13/7 time, and invariably the guy will go, "Man, why do you want to play anything in 13/7? Learn how to play, <laughs> you know." That was a
1: good that was a good video.
0: Y- y- You know the one I'm talking about. I know talking the one about. you're talking yeah, about. That
1: was it going it around it for a while. He's like, like Man, yeah, w- that was that was very
0: good. Yeah, nobody can dance to 13/7. <laughs> nobody wants to hear you do that. Yeah, you know.
1: No, that was good. That, that, that was so funny. But you know,
0: at the end of the day, us drummers, our job is to play for a song and to make it groove and to, you know, to 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 yeah. convey the the energy of the track. I think right. you know, and if you're teaching your students how to do that in a musical context, kind of going back to your time at Berkeley, you know if you can do paradiddles at you know 400 bpm that's awesome you know that's
1: that's awesome but they don't care about that there
0: exactly it's (laughs) you know and um you know another berkeley grad that we had on the show my my good friend johnny rabb you know oh yeah there you go who is at one time was the world's fastest drummer you know and and he told me straight up, he was like, man, I'm playing in collective soul right now. Nobody cares how fast I can play a single stroke roll. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not what it's about for me today. Right. It's about being in a band and grooving and, and all those great things.
1: I heard him interviewed, and, and I thought that, that that his story was was pretty cool because I was, I was really glad to hear, I'd love to talk to that guy because... Um he was on, I think he was on some show right before me one time. So I was sit sitting there listening to him being interviewed and I thought, wow, what a great what a great thing he had all these chops and everything and he realized that none of that meant anything to, you know, to the gigs that he was actually working with. And so I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. He learned his priorities and you know, he was still able to, in his career, take take the chops thing and and have a shtick at it and, you know, make that part of his career. But in the end, when the rubber hits the road, it's, you know, he knew what he had to do.
0: Absolutely. So well, I
1: thought I, I'd love to talk to that guy sometime.
0: Well, I can make that happen. Yeah. I, I, will, I will get you two guys connected for yeah. sure, because, you know. Is,
1: is he in Nashville?
0: Um. I, I think um, the guys from Collective Soul are living down there now, but Johnny actually makes his home in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. So, All right. okay. Uh, so he's just right up I 65 from Nashville and he can be there, you know, in, in three hours, I guess. But yeah,
1: well, the next time I'm in Nashville, maybe, maybe we can set up a time to, to meet or something.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll get you two guys connected offline, but, um, you yeah, know, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to go back a little bit to, to Nate, um, you know, Nate is one of those guys. He's very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. He's self deprecating. He's like, you know, I've got two chops in my bag. That's really all I know, know how to do. And, you know, he said that to me and I was just like, man, I'm going to hang up on you because, you, you know, you, he plays, when you watch him like on the voice, he does every genre perfectly when he was doing, you know, rockstar in excess, every genre perfectly. And and it's powerful and it's musical and all those things. But really he can play anything he wants to play. When you were teaching Nate, I'm assuming it was, you know, I know you saw what he was capable of. But oh, yeah. Talk a little bit about a guy like Nate who now gets to play every genre every day in front of 50 million people, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Nate always, if he was exposed to a style, like, you know, I immediately got him into Latin styles, Brazilian, Afro-Cuban. He was just like, I love this. Everything. (laughs) He was just like, and he would just soak it in, and he would hear it, and then he would, he'd understand, of course, he could read well, too. So, I mean, he was just like, you know, Um, a couple of the styles that he's also getting a chance to play with here as, you know, as an adult, that he never really did while he was here. He never got into the gospel style. He didn't come from that background like a lot of my other students do. So later on, when he had to do some things like that, he this is what he does. He goes to those drummers and talks to them or calls them up and say, what are you doing here? What are you thinking? What's what's your goal to make this, this style work? And that's how Nate got involved with a lot of the guys in Nashville, too, because um, – a lot of what that show's about, a lot of these guys are playing new country, they're singing all these songs, and, you know, Nate didn't have a background in that. So, you know, he would call up, um, you know, Jim Riley, or the guy Chris from Thomas Rhett, and, you know, just on and on, and he would pick their brain, and they were more than welcome to help him, and, of course, when you talk to Nate, after you talk to him, he's your best friend. So, that's just that's just how he operates and he he wants to treat every single style with respect you know and that's why he he is and has the top um drum gig on TV you know
0: well he he's a monster player and and yeah. he and he plays that down which amazes me you know he says i'm not a monster player you know i'm just lucky and, you know, he threw all of that credit back to you and, of course, his time at, at Berkeley, you know, and uh, yeah. it, it just amazes me when he says, you know, I'm just a lucky guy. You know, obviously, he put in the work, you know, under yeah, he you did. A, a, and
1: he did. in Boston. And, and he's also very talented. But but if you talk to most really, really successful people, of course, we're, we're all mainly talking with drummers, but it most of the really highly successful guys that can can you know take a breath and look you know and say wow you know this is great and they have gratitude that's the main thing if you have gratitude that will that will give you a foundation to you know to continue on and and just have a really good attitude so uh i think that's that's the you know, I, I look back at what I've done and I'm just so, in my case I'm so grateful to be able to do what I've been doing and and you know, I'm I'm just so thankful of all these guys I've met and been able to teach. Um yeah, it's all about gratitude and that's what Nate has. Yeah. And um I understand what he's saying. I mean even as good as he is, he's gonna look at let's say Vinny Calyuta. And Vinny plays completely different. And to Nate, that's like, how in the hell could he play like that?
0: You know? <laughs> right. so we're
1: all looking at each other going, how do you do that?
0: <laughs> well, you know, the the cool thing about drummers, and I've said this so many times on this show, if I go see another drummer play, I'm leaving with a new lick, a new idea, a new groove. Yep. I, I'm stealing everything I can from that yep. guy. And incorporating it into me as a player. And I think we all do that. And and I'm the first guy to say, no, 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 I ripped that off Nate Morton or I ripped that yeah. off Grant Menifee. <laughs> you know, whereas a guitar player goes, No, 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 I invented that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um I I just find it amazing the the guys that you've taught and how you just continue teaching. The next generations of great drummers. It's it's amazing to me, and
1: it's continuing too. And again, I'm very grateful. I've got a a couple of younger guys coming up now. Like um, I think it was last month or the month before, I had um, uh, a a guy named Andy Stack that I had taught, and they did an article about him in Modern Drummer, and he's he's performing with uh, a, a really popular group called Y Oak and they have a international following. And I think he was in the last issue. So I, I, uh, you yeah, know, grateful that he, he's doing well. And then I have a guy named Mike Reed, who you might want to talk to both those guys. You might want to talk to eventually, but Mike Reed was uh, just last night. He was, a he was the house drummer on the MTV awards. Oh wow. So yeah, he was there. He's right now he's actively touring with Janet Jackson. He he was with Rihanna, Demi Lovato, um, and just goes on and on and on. He's he's actually going to be in the next issue of Modern Drummer. Oh, wow. I think that'll come out this week or next week. But yeah, he's there and couldn't be a nicer guy again, you know. When he's in town, comes over, you know, he's like you know one of the family so yeah it just keeps on going <laughs> so, uh, i'm just so so grateful that you know for these guys
0: well and, it's uh, it's amazing to me you know i mean it, it really is and you know one of our traditions uh here on the drum shuffle and, and this will be special i think for our listeners Grant, we want a good piece of advice, and this is coming from you know the teacher to the drumming stars. Really, I mean that's that's what you are now. Um, give us all a good piece of advice to take out there into our you know semi pro or professional drumming careers. What have you learned over the years?
1: Well, I, I the, the, I'm gonna uh, first of all I'm gonna go back to attitude and gratitude. And you've got to wake up every day, and if you start thinking negative, if you start getting angry, put that out you've gotta practice do not let that get into your to your brain you know it's it's all about being positive. Don't be afraid to meet these other drummers. don't be afraid to to play with anybody and just just get out there, get that fear, get the anger the fear out of your system. And it might take a couple years, but you got to practice it. The other thing is every day learn something. Keep your ears open. Don't close your don't close your ears off to any style of music. Open your ears. Um you're going to learn something and it's going to be it's going to be really cool. Um every style has their little um You know, just things, magic that makes it work, whether it is a simple country beat or some ridiculous uh, jazz fusion thing, everything, respect it, learn something every day. Keep your ears open. Don't be one of those guys that say, I hate that kind of music, you know, don't do that. So I would just say, yeah, it's all bad attitude and just thirst for learning.
0: Wonderful, wonderful words of wisdom from Grant Menifee. Uh, Grant, thank you so much for taking time to come on today. We really appreciate it. It goes without saying you're welcome here anytime. We have to have you back. I think we've merely scratched the surface. Um, we would love to have you back in the future to to talk more about educating uh, drummers. Um, I think what you do is just fantastic work. Uh, everybody, uh, Grant, is not hard to find. Uh, just a, a cursory search uh, for Grant Menifee on the internet. You can always find the links uh, You know, on my show's website. Um, Grant, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you are welcome, Jamie. I'll, I'll talk to you anytime you want to do it. Um, it's just fun to talk about drums and you know all these great drummers out there too. So,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, we could do a full hour on Nate. You know, and and and, and, <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure he would love listening to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. But uh,
1: you know, if if you ever you know you ever want to talk to some up and coming guys, uh, you know, like I gave you two names earlier. So you know, in the future, maybe I'll give you some more
0: that would be great. We love talking okay. we love talking to great drummers and and just talking shop. That's what we're all about yeah. here. Grant again, thank you so much and we will talk to you very very soon, sir.
1: You are welcome. Thank you.
0: All right, have a good one now. All right, guys and girls, that's going to do it for episode 32 of the Drum Shuffle. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We can't do what we do without every single one of you guys listening in. As always, we love hearing from you throughout the week. The Drum Shuffle podcast at gmail.com is our email address to reach out to us. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com, and you can find more information about me at jamieeds.com. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen in today. It helps us tremendously to continue to grow. Uh, you are not going to want to miss some of the guests that we have coming up for you. If all goes well next week, we will have our first ever in-person interview here on the drum shuffle podcast uh, so stay tuned for that hopefully uh, let's all keep our fingers crossed that that works out the way i hope it will uh, again thank you so much for tuning in we really do appreciate it so until next time may your head stay strong and your sticks never break cheers everybody